0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. We can be kind. We can be kind. I'm gonna admit something out loud. There are times in my life when I am not kind. I know it's a shock, right? But I have tools, I have tools that allow me to get back on track to allowing the kindness that is the core of my heart space to move forward. And that's that's what we have, we all have this capacity. We don't have to make choices that are unkind. And they are choices ultimately, whether they're happening at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness, they are choices that are allowing us to step into unkindness or unkind actions or having unkind thoughts. We're the ones who are in charge though of all of it. And so I wanna start with this question today as a question for reflection and ask, what might keep you from being kind? What might keep you from being kind? And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be unkind or that it is a a prerequisite or a given that everybody has some level of unkindness that unfolds, but what keeps you from being unkind if that is part of what happens for you on occasion? The world we're living in right now, it seems very easy to jump to unkindness. I see it a lot. It seems very easy for people to jump to being unkind, being contradictory for no reason other than just wanting to be contradictory. We're just living in this strange paradigm of the world. You know, it's funny. um, My sister is here uh, helping out today, and I think about something that happened to us a couple years ago uh, when we were in Hawaii. And, you know, we were there when there was that ballistic missile threat. I've talked about this before, I don't need to go into the details of that. But I have this theory that we were going along very nicely in a particular universe, and I believe in multiple expressions of universes that are all happening simultaneously, We'll get into the quantum theory of that someday. But I think it's all happening simultaneously, and I think we were chugging along with an awareness of this particular path, and then we had this ballistic missile thing happen, and we jumped to something else, and it's not been a very nice ride since then. But here's what I know. Were it not for that, I would not be here now. So let's just acknowledge the great good that came out of that. Because that was the catalyst for me saying, I need to make the change in my life that I said I was going to make. I need to step into the path that I have chosen and get my, to Tucson, which is what I decided I had wanted to do when I left Toronto, but I took a detour to Los Angeles. That's a whole other talk. I've already talked about it. But I really feel like we shifted into another parallel universe where these potentialities were all playing themselves out. And here's the great news. we have the capacity to mentally shift ourselves back to that other parallel universe where everything is moving forward in harmony and grace and ease and kindness. We are living in a world right now that does not seem to be in accordance with that, but we are the ones who are creating our experience of the world, so it is up to us to lead by example and be kind. You know, nobody likes to be cooped up. Nobody likes to be cooped up, and we've felt very cooped up and very constricted and repressed, but one, thing that I'm, but one thing that I can say is that this time has been an opportunity that I have taken, I don't know about you, but it's an opportunity that I have taken to allow reflection. To really look at the world and say, is this the world that I really wanna live in? You know, part of my ministerial construct is to say that I'm here to facilitate spiritual evolution and create a world that works for everyone. And so I can allow myself to have that reflection and say, is this it? And if it's not, what can I do? What can I do? A lot of people think about the things they can't do, but I'm always trying to say, let's turn it around and say, what can I do? So today is the last day in the Jewish tradition of Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah is a reflective Opportunity because it's the Jewish New Year. And it is the, uh, it, so it, it began on Friday at sundown, it ends tonight at sundown. It is a time of rejoice. It's a time to rejoice and, and spend some time with introspection around what has been and what can be And allow ourselves to simply, you know, I speak like I'm Jewish, I'm not I just want to be really clear, <laughs> I'm speaking about something that I have, you know uh, the, 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 That I have spoken to people about and I've done research into um, But it's not been my practice But Rosh Hashanah completes its time at sundown tonight And then begins 10 days of repentance these are called the high holy days in the Jewish faith. And those 10 days of repentance uh, culminate in Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. But let's talk about Rosh Hashanah a little bit. If we're talking about the opportunity of rejoice, rejoicing and introspection and celebration, and we can, you know, it's about looking at the sweetness of life. The sweetness of life, it is tradition to have around challah, the bread, um, and uh, that the round challah represents the cycle of life of which we are all a part, and we're all living in that infinite cycle of life, and you dip the challah in honey, or you dip apples in honey, and you relish in the sweetness of life, and the sweetness of the new year, and the opportunity for new beginnings. Now, there's a lesson in this, whether we are Jewish or not, again, I'm not Jewish, but we can all take these lessons to heart, and, and live this construct year round. We can all celebrate the sweetness of life and the understanding of the infinite circulation that we are all, of which we are all a part all year round. It is not necessary to be Jewish to live in self-reflection. What is necessary is the willingness. Now, we do it also as a secular activity uh, in alignment with the Christian calendar, which is the calendar most of us are used to, and on December 31st, many times people say, well, it's gonna be a time of reflection and celebration and looking forward to the next year, right? So why don't we do this type of activity more frequently? Why not? If you do, you can turn the computer off, I guess but i know that there are times when i step back and i don't live within this paradigm so why not why don't we do this more frequently why don't we why don't we actively celebrate the sweetness of life more frequently why do we choose to wait for these periods in the calendar, whichever calendar we're following, to say, oh yes, I recognize and relish the sweetness of life. The sweetness of, of life is always, always available. It is up to us to decide to enjoy it and to do the spiritual work to embody it. So where might we begin? I choose today to begin in reflection. Kierkegaard wrote, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And isn't that the challenge? We can only ever look at our past. We can imagine what the future potentiality might be, but we don't actually know. But we do know what our experience has been in the past. Now, one of the great misunderstood tools in the new thought movement, both in unity and religious science. Well, I said both, but in, not both, in all. Religious science, unity, divine science, whichever new thought path you might be on, there is a misunderstood idea in this. And the misunderstood idea is that in new thought, the power of reflection is somehow less valuable, than our mind right here and now. And it comes from this notion of Thomas Troward who said principle is not bound by precedent. So what he's saying is that there is nothing in our past that has any bearing on who we are right now except to the degree that we allow it. And so a lot of new thought practitioners step, step aside and they say, oh, well that means I must let go and I must, de- I must deny that anything bad ever happened to me. I must deny the entire past of my life because I know who I am. Well, a lot of times what I have found is that this is actually leading us into spiritual bypass because if we do not reflect on what has been, then we let go of the potential of wisdom that leads us into what will be. And so today I am going to say, do not be be afraid of the power of reflection as your life. There is nothing Because here's the thing, you ready for this? Oh, I'm gonna get a little scientific on you. There is nothing that we can observe at all that isn't in the past. Nothing at all, because I, I see William back there. William, the sight I have of you right now is the sight of the you you were a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second ago. I only ever see anything in the past because there is the time it takes for the reflection of light to actually hit my eyes. So I can never actually see anything in the present moment. All we're ever seeing is in the past. So let's not be afraid to observe the past and let it be a guide and a deepening of wisdom for what can be. If we did not have that capacity, we would not have evolved to where we are now. Everything observed is observed in the past tense. The past has value if we choose to allow it to have value when we can use it to make informed decisions. That is the gift. That is the gift. We can change. We can look back and say, I see what was, and I can allow myself to set the tone for what will be. We are never relegated to any of that, but it is a useful tool. It is a useful tool. The entire premise of new thought is built upon this idea that we can change our experience. And we have the power to change our experience because of who we are. We are God. We are the infinite divine power and presence. We are the source. We are that which is. I am that I am. The Father and I are one. There is no separation. There is only God. There can be nothing else, because as I said earlier, if we believed that there was something separate, then God would not be infinite, it would be finite. So we must be part of that. We must be expressing as that. There can be no aspect of us that is not divine. So here's here's what that also brings up for me those periods and experiences of unkindness that come up sometimes, that's divine. That's the divinity expressing as me in that particular moment in a way that may not feel so good. So what I have the power to do as the divine is to say, I recognize and know what has been, and I choose to be something else now moving forward. It also means, and nobody ever wants to hear this, but you ready? This virus is divine. The coronavirus is divine. It is God. It is expressing itself exactly in the way that it needs to express itself. And we get to look at that and say, here's what is happening. We are in the midst of this experience and we get to choose how to be moving forward. That for me is the ultimate act and expression of love to actively make choices in support of life, in support of health, in support of care which is why we have kept the building closed for six months and we're slowly working our way into a collective sensibility of what it will mean to care for each other as we open up again soon. So don't be afraid ever to take the time to look at where you have come from and know that, in, that infinity lies before you as infinite potential that is you. And that you can always step into the choices that, way, that make your life even sweeter. Because change, that change is first and foremost an inside job. Choices, choices are the greatest gift that we have. Live in the willingness to let go of what does not serve. That's the release part. You know, this month is release, embrace, repeat. Live in the willingness to let go of that which does not serve and embrace the new. But we can only release that which does not serve if we have an awareness of what that was right? You can't release anything unless you have an awareness that it actually has existed. So, let us release it. Now, I'm going to go back to talking about Rosh Hashanah a little bit. On, in, on, on Rosh Hashanah, in the Jewish faith, there are three books that are opened in heaven. There is one for the wicked, there is one for the righteous, and there is one for those who are in between. The fate of those who are in between is suspended until Yom Kippur, because the wicked, if you are wicked, your name gets written in the Book of the Wicked. If you are righteous, your name gets written in the Book of the Righteous. And if you are in between, which is pretty much everyone, your fate is suspended until Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. And during that time, you are asked to step into Repentance. Now, repentance is a trigger word for a lot of people. So, I'm going to talk about repentance a little bit. In the the Old Testament, in the Hebrew text, uh, is the word shub, which means to express radical change of mind. That is oftentimes translated as repentance. To express radical change of mind. Sound familiar? We change our mind toward the sin that we perceive in our life. Now, sin is nothing other than missing the mark. It's a mistake. And we're the only ones who determine whether something is a mistake or not. So the opportunity that we have right here and right now to step into repentance is to radically change our mind about the very nature of the mistakes we have made in our lives and step into something new. Those 10 days are days of reflection. And I choose to purposefully change the focus of my faith. Now I'm gonna shift over a little bit I'm gonna talk about the New Testament, which is not part of the Jewish tradition. Because in the New Testament, the word that is often, in the Greek, uh, the word that is often translated to mean repentance is the word metanoia, metanoia, meta. You ever hear the prefix meta, metaphysical? Meta means after or behind or beyond. Noio means to perceive or think. So the word that is translated to the English word repentance from the Greek is metanoia, which literally means beyond the thoughts. That the work is to step beyond the limited thinking that we have into the infinite expression of what can and will be. In both cases, shub, metanoia, in both cases, the call is to look at our thoughts. I'm having a technical glitch. Give me just a moment. (laughs) Of course this happens. Um, All right, I'm going to wing it. The the, the call is for us to look at the... um, is to look at the thoughts that we have and step into an expression of the beliefs that we want to carry forth. That's the power that we have at this time of year. And it is all rooted in understanding that we have the capacity to be kind at any given time, that there is that which is within each and every one of us that wants to know more, that wants to do more, that wants to be more. Do you feel that? Do you feel that drive from within that says, there is something more than this? Nobody has to live in a past paradigm. Nobody wants to go to war. Nobody wants to fight. Nobody, I believe that, that at the core, that is true. Now there'll be people who are to be naysayers and they'll say, well, I think that there are people out there who actually do want to make that happen. I think at the core of their beingness, That's not the truth. I think that they are looking at the shadows of life and they are living in fear, and so their behavior seems to express such a thing. It is not necessary. It is not necessary. We have the opportunity to make profound change by embodying and experiencing the sweetness of life. What will you do today? What choice will you make today? That's the message. That's the message. Let yourself step into a reflective period. That's gonna be the homework today. Let yourself decide to step into a reflective period and in reflection, deepen into the sense of the truth of your being, because here, it's all about love, forgiveness, and remembering who you are. When you remember who you are, you fundamentally experience the sweetness of life. Namaste.